Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see. Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Rousey. Strikes it. Stamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to hit Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira. It's game week 14, and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. I am your host, Tadiwa Chanakira, and welcome to what is going to be a very special podcast this week. Um, We know that the games are coming thick and fast, especially heading into December and throughout December. So we thought we'd bring back, you know, a show that we did last year when the games did get thick and fast, and... It's one of those, you know, a t- a Tad and his predictables. I kind of feel like I've, I've formed an Avengers of some kind where we're going to be bringing panelists from all around the country. They're going to be giving us their predictions. Now, you'll hear some familiar voices. Um, speaking of Jack Jackman, we've got executive producer Guy Drinkle. We've also got Banquet or Burnett champion from last season, Jody McKennis. But we've got a new guest this week as well. You'll be hearing from him a little bit later on. Mitch Letissier, he's going to be giving us his predictions for Southampton, Leicester, as well as Watford, Chelsea. So huge thank you to Mitch for jumping in and, and, and helping us out on that one. But let's see how these games go. Let's see how our panelists are feeling about these fixtures. Obviously, a time of recording some of these um, panelists would not have had the luxury of watching all of the games this weekend, but it did help, you know, that we recorded this late on Sunday, so so they were able to catch up with most of the games. So we'll get a view on what they think, you know, of these midweek games coming up, and obviously what impact this past weekend had. I mean, we take note the fact that Spurs and Burnley didn't get to play this weekend um obviously the game got postponed we'll see whether or not that affects how our panelists feel about that um you know their respective games that they're heading into this week but yeah we thought we'd do something special just do a nice short episode so that you guys can at least get your score predictions we can get this podcast in and then we will have to do a quick turnaround you know just behind the scenes talk here quick turnaround we'll try and get another one out late Thursday, if not early Friday, for you guys to get your weekend 
uh, score predictions in. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a busy week. Just uh, hold on to your hats and, and let's get going. But we'll start off in Newcastle because our first game of this game week, it's on Tuesday night. All of these games are obviously on Prime Video. Um, but if you guys, you know, don't have Prime Video or you don't know how else you're going to be watching this game, I mean, there's only one answer really. And that is by linking up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. The month of November is almost over, but it's not quite over yet. A couple of days that you guys can still use that coupon code EPLPOD, that's EPLPOD, for the month of November. And you get to save 50%. So, yeah, we spoke to the guys at Liberty Shield. They hooked us up with an awesome coupon code there. I mean, 50% off is an absolute steal. And as we said, you know, you don't have to worry about where these games are featuring um, you just get to enjoy them. You just search the game you want to watch and they will provide all of the options that you can possibly want. And, you know, there's no issues there. It's an awesome, awesome package. It features, it has features including privacy and security, allows you to hide your IP address from anyone, you know, for example, hackers, uh, by encrypting your internet traffic. You can also avoid geoblocks. As and government imposed restrictions to access any website. So as we said, you know, in the UK, for those listeners that are in the UK, all the games are only going to be available on Prime Video. But hey, if you've got Liberty Shield, you can just bypass all of that and be able to watch the games as and when you choose. It's it's a really, really cool fixture. Not only do they have live TV on there, they've also got... TV series, they've got movies, a um, whole host of fun things that you can watch there. I was able to watch the new Venom movie on Liberty Shields this past weekend, and that was great fun. So full HD, obviously. Um, yeah, it's such a joy. Um, also, guys, shout out to our other presenting sponsors, EPLindex.com. Do go check out EPLindex.com. And don't forget to get in your predictions this week. Uh, as we say, midweek games eplindex.com stroke predictions get your predictions in so that you know you keep that score tally going up but as i said we are going to be heading to newcastle we've got jake jackman who's going to be previewing newcastle versus norwich so let's let's hear what jake has to say about this game um and if he does reflect on you know the game that was against arsenal So, uh, Newcastle, Norwich, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge game at the bottom of the table. Both teams will probably be thinking they'll, they can win this game. Um, it, I'd say it's probably vital for Newcastle to win this. They've got, um, we've got Norwich and Burnley up home next. If we don't win either of those games, <laughs> we're going to be well adrift. Even by winning those two games, we're still going to be in the bottom three. And then going into Leicester, Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United. Yeah, it's, it doesn't look great for Newcastle at the moment. Despite the uh, new ownership and the, the new manager, it, it's such a big task ahead. I think that we didn't play too great against Arsenal at the weekend, but um, we were much better um, the previous weekend against um Brentford, and I think that's a performance that you could probably learn more from uh, in relation to the Norwich game, because we should be, they're a similar type of team, um, I think we'll have more of the ball, and I think that we'll see a, a lot from our attacking players, and say Maximan, Jolinson and, and Callum Wilson, but the problem you guys are normally is that our defence is so poor, and Norwich have been a lot better under Dean Smith, and they were 
Um, unfortunately, not to win at the weekend against Wolves. I think they only conceded five shots against Wolves, and, and they certainly had the better chances. Pookie, for one, had a great chance near the end to win it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really, really tough game to call. I think that I think we're going to win it. I think Newcastle um, with more than due a win, and yeah, I think that this is a, the perfect game for. It. I think the fans will be up for it. I think the support will be great. I think in the Brentford game, we should have won the game. Um, but there was defensive errors. I think Dubravka coming back in against Arsenal should help help the defence a lot. So I'm going to go for a, a 2-1 Newcastle win. Uh, I don't think we'll, we can have to keep a clean sheet yet, but we should just have just enough. But I don't think Norwich have too many goals in them. So I think that even though our defence isn't great, I don't think their attack's great. And, and at the other end, I think that our attack is, is reliable and will score goals in, in matches like this. So yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. Awesome stuff from Jake there. So he's gone 2-1 Newcastle in this game. I mean, in terms of how desperate this game is for both teams, I, I see. I agree with Jake. And I think this is a perfect game. I mean, both teams will be looking at this as a game that not only do we need to capitalize on, but this is a game that they'll be targeting to capitalize on because December is going to be so hectic leading into January, looking at, you know, the fixtures for both teams they need to be winning this game. They need to be taking as many points from this game as possible. Um, in terms of scoreline, you know, I mean, Norwich have looked really good uh, recently. Uh, two wins and a draw in their last three games. And, you know, Newcastle on the other side, as Jake says, the Brentford performance, I think, is the one that they're going to take a lot of hope from. Playing Newcastle, a wound, I mean, playing Arsenal, a very wounded Arsenal after their their game, you know, two weeks ago against Liverpool at the Emirates as well, I think was always going to be a difficult game for Newcastle. And maybe it's one of those where you hope for the best, but kind of expecting not to necessarily take all three points in that one and then trying to look forward towards this Norwich game, a home game at St. James's Park. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be bouncing as St. James's Park always is. Um I I think I'm going to go 1-1. I think I'm going to start the podcast off with a draw here. I just think that, you know, as Jake says, I don't see either team being able to keep a clean sheet here. You've got the attacking prowess that Newcastle do have, you know, with the likes of St. Maximin and Callum Wilson. I think Joe Linton has been playing well uh, since he's been back in the team, so that's been good for them. A couple of suspensions for Newcastle, though, so it will be interesting to see how they handle those, um, especially that left-wing back position. But, yeah, from a Norwich perspective, I think, obviously, you know, goals are still key for them this season, as it is with anyone, but um, they really need to start getting multiple goals in games if not you know you know three I I don't know if we're going to get that high but it's going to be a very end-to-end game I feel Newcastle's going to be on the front foot I think Norwich will try and soak it up a bit and and try and get on the counter Pookie looking to get in behind yeah I'm going to go 1-1 here but we'll move on to our next game and and we will stick with Mr. Jake Jackman because we've got Leeds versus Crystal Palace um Two sides who, you know, I guess at the beginning of the season maybe had mixed ambitions. Uh, Leeds started last year so well, you know, and and would have been hoping to take a step forward from that. But a draw against Brighton in their last game, a game where both teams probably feel they should have scored maybe Brighton more so than Leeds. Um, And then also Crystal Palace coming off of a defeat to Aston Villa. I mean, I 
I thought Crystal Palace this season would have just been hoping to stay up, but they've, they've looked decent. Maybe the score lines haven't always been in their favour, but I, I think they have enough. But enough from me. Let's hear what Jake has to say. And then the next game, um, Leeds and Palace. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Palace have been excellent under Vieira. Still have a lot of problems from set pieces. Uh, conceded another one at the weekend. Um, and that is going to be a concern. I think that's, that's an obvious area of weakness. And I think Leeds have got players that they can cause them threat from a set piece. I think Rafinha has got really good delivery. I think Cooper and Strike or whoever's a centre-back. Uh, and powerful enough to, to cause problems. That's going to be an interesting one to look at. But Leeds aren't the best at set pieces, so I think that that weakness shouldn't come to the fore as much this uh, in the week. Um, but yeah, Leeds at the week have been a strange team this this season. They've not been anywhere near the team that were last season. I think they're missing Luke Ayling. I think they're missing Patrick Bamford. Uh, and against Brighton, uh, the decision to play Dan James up front was such a it was it was an awful one. They they really offered little threat. Um, in the game, uh, they, they came into it as, as the game wore on, and Brighton were committing more men forward. But I think that was more about Brighton leaving themselves open than it was Leeds creating clear cut opportunities. Um, and, and Leeds were lucky to keep a clean sheet. Brighton had so many chances. If, if they play the same way again, Palace are, are not going to be as forgiving. We've seen Gallagher um, this season being so clinical. We know Zaha and Benteke can score goals. So yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the two two in this one. I think there's gonna be goals at both ends and I think that it's gonna be one of those classic entertaining midweek fixtures. I'm gonna go two two. Um and yeah, Leeds are Leeds are sort of sleepwalking into a relegation battle at the moment. They'll they'll be thinking they should win this one. But I'm yet to, to be convinced that I still think those players missing it are is gonna hurt Leeds. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go two two. And that was Jake Jackman. He's got a 2-2 in this Crystal Palace Leeds game. Obviously, Leeds, the whole home team, hoping to try and kickstart their season. I mean, I've given my thoughts a bit earlier on on how I think the teams are looking and shaping up. I think the the injuries that Jake mentioned there are going to be the factor for me. Leeds are struggling to score goals without their key players there. Um, obviously, good for them to have Rafinha back, but... They're going to be hoping that Bamford somehow is back sooner rather than later. But because of the injuries, not only up front, but also defensively, I'm going to go 2-1 to Crystal Palace in this one. I think Crystal Palace get the away win and they sort of just continue their at least good playing style um, and, and you know, see, see out a... A very wounded Leeds United. Jake mentions they're slipping into the relegation zone. I think they're going to be hoping that, you know, that that doesn't happen. But yeah, it, it's going to be tough sledding until they they get all of their players back. I feel for them. But we'll move on to our next game. And I did mention him earlier on in the podcast that he did help us out this week. So we will hear from Mitch Letizia. He's going to be giving us his score predictions for Southampton versus Leicester. Let's hear what he has to say with regards to two teams. You know, uh, Leicester obviously would have been really happy with their 4-2 win over Watford. Um, and then Southampton, unfortunately, just came up against a very informed Liverpool at the moment. Um, especially, I, I think it's three wins in a week for Liverpool there. So, yeah, just unfortunate timing for Southampton. But let's hear what Mitch has to say. Hello, 
uh, it's Mitch Lassissier here, standing here for my wife, your usual guest, Alex. Uh, she's unavailable this afternoon due to being on uh, tubes and trains and all sorts of things. So you're stuck with me to preview Southampton against Leicester City. And no, I'm not going to mention it. I think Leicester have had a pretty poor start to the season. Um, they've just started to get going, actually, as I'm recording this. They've gone 3-1 up against Watford. Um but I think it's a game that Southampton, certainly after a couple of poor results, obviously you expect them to get beat at Anfield, but um, the Norwich result was a real shocker, especially how much they dominated the first half. So it's a game that Southampton will definitely be targeting to get something from. Um, but that could play into Leicester's hands because Leicester tend to be better when when they can counter-attack and, and use Vardy's pace in behind. So I think this will be a tight one. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-1 in this game. I'm going to go for a draw. Um, so that's Southampton against Leicester. Awesome stuff from Mitch there. That's Southampton versus Leicester. Um, a 1-1 draw. Um, you know, he's mentioned the fact that Leicester do like to play on their counter. Um, it's definitely something that I think Southampton will need to fix from the Liverpool game because I thought Liverpool had a lot of space out wide coming inside. Um, you look at the likes of Barnes, Lookman. They've got fullbacks that like to overlap. Whether or not... Southampton go back to, you know, four at the back opposed to the three at the back that they had against Liverpool will be interesting to see. But yeah, if if they stick with the three at the back, they definitely need to cover those wide spaces. I, I felt there was way too much space for the Liverpool wide players um, to really capitalize on. And, and I think with some, obviously quality is, is, is different, but in terms of style where you've got wide players that are willing to drive at, you know, at players, I think the like as I mentioned, the likes of Barnes, Lookman would be really, really key in that game if Southampton don't fix that. Um and yeah, from a Leicester perspective, a good win for for them. I think what could be interesting in this one, and we'll we'll see if whether it's a theme later on, but Leicester are kind of used to playing, you know, three games in a week. Southampton not so much this season. Uh, so whether or not that has a factor in this game. I mean, I don't know how much Halson Hutto is going to rotate for this game, but maybe some of the Southampton players will be carrying, you know, heavy legs from chasing shadows against Liverpool. Uh, so, yeah, for that reason, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Leicester win. I, I just think that it, it's going to be maybe a, a bit leggy of a performance from Southampton. Hopefully not. It's a home game. Hopefully the crowd gets into it and kind of lifts the players in that one. But... We'll move on to our next game, Watford versus Chelsea. And I'm, you know, similar theme to the Southampton Leicester game where it's a Chelsea side used to playing multiple games in a week and a Chelsea squad that boasts a very, very strong squad. They've got depth in so many positions. Um, unfortunately for them, one of those is not at left back with the injury to Ben Chilwell. So, you know, we're wishing him a speedy recovery. But... Is that going to be a factor in this game? That depth that Chelsea have, they look like they're just going to keep on rolling. I mean, they get the 1-1 draw against Man United. Very frustrating from a Chelsea perspective. But I think they'll be looking to bounce back in this game. And we'll see what Mitch has to say about Watford versus Chelsea. The game I've been asked to look at is uh, Chelsea against Watford. Obviously, Watford have had mixed fortunes against the big boys. They got humiliated by Liverpool in uh, Ranieri's first game. Um, but then they obviously spanked Man United to uh, to get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, so, really 
unpredictable side. Uh, they score goals, they let goals in. Uh, very interesting uh, to watch anyway. But um, Chelsea are just rock solid, aren't they? They're just, they're, they just win games. They're very economical. I don't want to use a sort of German... Um, Stereotype in in Tuchel, but it's just they're just so they're efficient. Um, you know they just get the job done. They're not they're not flashy. They're not um, they're not that exciting really. They're, you know when they had Hazard and, and a bit more flair, they were probably a bit better of, better to watch for a neutral. But um, they're just rock solid, aren't they? I can't see anything but a uh, a pretty convincing Chelsea win here. I'm going to go for three uh, 0 uh, in this one. That's Chelsea against Watford. Awesome stuff from Mitch there. Yep. So 3 0. I have the exact same scoreline there, and I think he summed it up really well. So 3 0 away win for Chelsea in that one. And as we say, we're kind of course correcting from that Man United 1 1 draw. But we will move on to executive producer. So he's going to have to put down, you know, the earphones and, and, and you know, the taking of notes and, and get in front of the microphone for this one because it is West Ham versus Brighton. Obviously, Mr. Guy Drinkle, he, he has grown to, to really like Brighton um, over the last couple of years and the style of play. And, and But it's been a difficult time for Brighton of late. Um, let's hear what he has to say. And obviously, West Ham having faced Manchester City, um, they tried to fight back, but Man City held them off. Let's see what Mr. Guy Drinkle has to say about West Ham versus Brighton. West Ham v Brighton. Uh, it, it could be a good game. It's... Strange when I watched the Brighton game um, on TV yesterday when I was recording this, and it was very, very boring. So, yeah. Um, I mean, they still should have won that game, which is the problem with Brighton, has been a problem for a, for a couple of years now. And they could obviously, I think they could obviously beat West Ham, but they've just got zero goals in the team. Like, they're missing Danny Welbeck, and it, it, that that shouldn't be the case, especially for a team that talented. They've got everything apart from goals, um, and and you see that week after week after week. Whereas West Ham, they haven't had their game yet when I'm recording this. Um, but barring any injuries or anything that happens in the Man City game this afternoon. I, I think it's their game to lose, and I think they're still in the top four currently, as I'm recording this. So, the, well, hopefully, if they beat uh, City, if they're a Liverpool fan, that would be nice. Um, yeah, I think I'll go West Ham 2 0, but I think it'll be a good game. It's, it's two good teams, just one doesn't have goals, whereas I think everyone at West Ham's chipping in. You've got Antonio, who's. Consistently a threat. Bowen can pick up goals and Fornals and uh, Ben Rama started the season quite well in that regard, but kind of dropped off a bit recently. But there's a lot more goals in, in West Ham's team, whereas Brighton, seemingly it's just Trossard's got to score a worldie because Morpay looks lost at the minute. Um, and then your other dangerous players, Tariq Lamptey, who played, played really well. Um, Against Leeds, but just no one really to get on the end of his work down the right. 
But uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. As I say, I'll go West Ham two nil, but it, I, I could see it nil nil, Brighton winning, any anything really. But yeah, I think West Ham favourites. Um, maybe the whole story changes after the Man City game if, if something mental happens. But yeah, I, West West Ham for me two nil. That's West Ham 2-0 from Mr. Guy Drinkle there. And and he mentioned, I think, the really key point, which is the ability to score goals, um, unfortunately, for Brighton this season. We thought they had it when they started the season off hot, but it's been very frustrating for them the last couple of games. And I think that frustration boiled over with the fans booing uh, at full time. I mean, Graham Potter was kind of shaking his head and, and couldn't believe that they were booing. And... I kind of felt the same way um, from the outside looking in. Uh, obviously, I get the frustration in not being able to finish off games, but I, they're still playing good football. Or, you know, maybe it's just fans saying we've seen this for so long where we're playing good football, but we just can't get it over the line, and, and it's just built and built and built. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be more frustration, unfortunately, for Brighton fans because I've gone with a one-nil West Ham win. I'm really looking forward though to this game I think it's going to be two teams playing really well this season obviously Brighton without the goals and and that's kind of why I've leaned towards West Ham winning this one but in terms of the football you know before they get towards the goal it's been really impressive for me Lamptey coming back has looked energetic he's looked lively he's looked fearless which is always important coming off of a big injury to see a player come out quite fearless so yeah it should be a good game maybe not as many goals as people would want from such a game but i i think it's one to look out for um mr drinkle you can come straight back in because i've got you here for wolves versus burnley what do you what are you thinking on that one wolves beat burnley <laughs> I mean, I, I've only seen the highlights of the Wolves-Norwich game from yesterday when I'm recording this. It's, it didn't seem like a fun one. And, um, yeah, Wolves obviously doing very well. I'm not sure where they are on the table at the minute, but I'm sure they're still in the Europa League spots or conference panorama thingy. But they're obviously doing very well. I think the squad's just a bit thin and obviously keep, Key players injured for a long term, especially Neto. They just got to get more goals in the team. Obviously, they're defensively a bit short, but the defensive record's been quite good this season. It's just they've got to get more end product from from the forward players. I mean, Jimenez. Obviously, this season was always going to be tough with the head injury, but he, he showed in bits and bobs that there's still a, an amazing player in there. You just got to get the right people around him, and I think Huang has has that end product it's just whether he can he can do it consistently Trinkyao I haven't seen I don't think I've watched a Wolves game in full in, in a while uh, mainly just the highlights but Trinkyao last time I was seeing him he, he just seemed to not have the end product but kind of a bit of everything else Adama's obviously gone out of the team and, and things have improved so fair enough in that regard He's probably best as a super sub. I don't know if they've got the contract situation with him as well. So they might just not be bothered with him anymore. Um, I can't think of any other options. Um, Pudence, obviously a good player. Maybe maybe he could start him. Obviously, rotation will be a bit bit more key. Um, 
in the busy period of the season. Um, and Burnley, I, I haven't seen their game this week because they're playing today. But Cornet has been great. I'm pretty sure he's got like the best minutes per goal in the, in the Premier League, which which is great for them. Chris Wood's always consistent, uh, always a threat. Them two seem to be combining quite well. It's just whether you can get, I don't know, Dwight McNeil seemingly not had the best start to the season. Um, but either of Burnley as a whole, really. Um, I think this will be a tough game, maybe a tight game. Albeit uh, Burnley did have the free all the other day, the other week, so maybe it is it's a new it's a new life for Burnley. Um, Wolves have to be fair, and I need to look at the league. It's just who has the most end product, and Cornet seems to be the most informed player out of this game. Hmm. I'm going to actually go one all. I, I think once Burnley turn it around in a season, if they do, they do go in spells, obviously this could be all dispelled by their game this afternoon. I can't remember who they're playing, but I think Burnley, yeah, I'm going to go one all. I think they just have something in there. If I do remember, they do have a few injuries at the back, actually, so I might, it might be injury dependent, but we'll, we'll see who, who's fit for them this afternoon. I'll go one all Burnley. I think Cornell get a goal and then uh, Jimenez is the safe bet, but anyone from Wolves get a goal. But yeah, I think that'll be a good game. I think that's not too bad a result. But yeah, Wolves may have to do a few things in January if they want to keep in the uh, European places. But Burnley, uh, yeah, I think most people have said it throughout the season. I think Burnley will be fine. And this would be a good result for Burnley especially, but not too bad for Wolves. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Guy. Um, yeah, so interesting stuff in terms of that one. A 1-1, one, one, um, as he says, Cornets look good. Unfortunately for Burnley, they didn't get a game this um, past weekend. Obviously, their game against Tottenham got postponed, so it's kind of difficult to, to know maybe how Burnley are going to be coming into this game. Although, you know, maybe more rested legs, um, not getting that 90 against Tottenham. Against the Wolves side, who... As I said last week, they've quietly gone about their business of late. Um, but a nil-nil draw against Norwich, I think they would have been quite frustrated with that one. Obviously, Norwich would have been very pleased with that one, considering how Wolves have been playing. Um, I think this is probably going to be the 2-2 draw um, that I've been teasing, I think, um, especially when I was you know, preparing for this podcast, kind of looking at games that could be quite high scoring. I think this could be one of those. Uh, I like the new Burnley um, with Cornet in there, a more attacking threat, it seems, at the moment. So I think they can bring a game out of Wolves in this one, and it should be a fun one to watch. But guys, we'll move on to Aston Villa versus Man City. Now, um, I'll, I'll, I'll run you guys through this one. I think, you know, Aston Villa, obviously, Gerrard's come in, back-to-back wins. They've looked good, um, tried to be you know, quite disciplined into, from a defensive standpoint. But then from an offensive standpoint, the amount of bodies that they are throwing forward has been really, really interesting. Now, will they use that same tactic against a Man City side who they just keep rolling at the moment, don't they? I mean, they come up against West Ham, which is probably a tricky fixture, especially, you know, playing West Ham at home, you know you've got the emphasis to kind of impose yourselves on that game. They will be happy to sit back and try and pick you off 
on the counter-attack. I thought City dealt with it very, very well, very professional performance there from them. Get the goals from midfield, which is always needed in a season, you know, especially if you're going for uh, titles and stuff like that, is when you don't have, you know, the, the forward players producing, um, and I say forward players because they've, they've only really got one striker um, in, in Gabriel Jesus. Obviously, the the talk of the summer was trying to get a striker in, but getting goals from Gundogan and then, you know, goals from Fernandinho, who always pops up with a goal now and then. Uh, so it was good to see him on the scoreline and, and it kind of helps them bypass one of the trickier fixtures. Maybe City's rivals would have been hoping that West Ham could not only do themselves a favour, but do everyone else around there a favour and, and take some points off of City. But City looked good. Uh, very, very tough fixture for Gerard to make it three out of three. Um, I think I think I'm going to go with the I think I'm going to go with the two nil Man City win. Um, I, I know it's harsh on on Aston Villa who have been playing well. They've they've been getting goals. As I said, they've been throwing bodies forward, uh, which has been really impressive. But yeah, I I just have a feeling about that scoreline. Um, so I'm going to stick with that one, and I'll stick with myself as well because it's Everton versus Liverpool, the Merseyside derby. This one's going to be at Goodison Park, so you know it's going to be a very, very lively atmosphere. I mean, it's kind of very, very Dave, David and Goliath situation at the moment um, with the way Everton have been playing. I mean, they've just been sliding down and down. And, and you know, the Brentford game, they would have been targeting to try and get their season back on form, get some momentum before you know, a Merseyside derby. But unfortunately for them, they, they lose that one and they got to start looking over their shoulders soon, which is very surprising when you think, you know, you're thinking Everton, you're thinking Rafa Benitez. Beginning of the season, I'm not sure many people who didn't think it wasn't a, a shrewd signing by Everton to bring him in. Um, but to be, to be fair um, for them, they have had a plethora of injuries to very very key players and I think that's that's had a fact um you know a factor in the results not many teams can survive in this league un unless you've got the depth of some of those bigger teams but when you're losing your main striker your main you know um creative player as well and then you look losing the guy who was kind of the heart of that midfield injuries and center back as well their spine has been decimated this season and I think that's played into how they've They've kind of seen games out so far or struggled to see games out. I think it's going to be misery for Everton in this one. Um, Liverpool look on form. They they look like they're just rolling, you know, with the punches at the moment and, and they're playing really well. Um, they, they had that, you know, loss to West Ham a couple of weeks ago. They had the shaky performance against Brighton a couple of weeks ago where they looked good in the first half and kind of let Brighton back into it. So being a derby there's always that chance that Everton can, you know, get back into a game like that. But I, if Liverpool get off to a start, you know, a fiery start like they've done of late, it, it could be a long, long day for Everton and their fans. Unfortunately, I think it is going to be a long day. Liverpool, 17 games, you know, consecutive games where they've scored two or more goals. I don't see that changing in this one. I'm going with a 3-0 Liverpool win, um, in a Merseyside derby is, is kind of unheard of. But if maybe Everton and, and Klopp alluded to it earlier, um, you know, in his press conference the other day where 
Everton could make this game, you know, a, a very, you know, a, 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 a sort of dirty boxing type of situation where, you know, boxing in a phone booth, don't make, don't allow Liverpool to play the pretty football, the pretty patterns, try and break down any counterattacks that they have at the source. Um, yeah, if, if Everton can make it sort of that time, type of game, maybe it could be a route to getting you know something from this game but uh, with the way Liverpool playing at the moment it's it's going to be tough for them to do that but we'll move on to the last two games uh, and we'll be joined by Bankett or Burnett champion for those ones the first game uh, is Tottenham versus Brentford now Brentford get that vital win against Everton last time around and Tottenham unfortunately didn't get a game as we mentioned with Burnley earlier on um, the game was postponed. So let's hear what she has to say. You know, I'm not sure if, she, if she's going to touch on that as well, that postponement. But let's see what she has to say about Tottenham versus Brentford. Hey guys, it's your Banquet or Burnet champion, Jodie McInnes, and I'm going to give my prediction for Spurs v Brentford. This is a match that we definitely should be winning comfortably, but who really knows when it comes to these players? I'm feeling so uninspired by the entire Tottenham squad at the moment. I think we're incredibly lucky to have our match against Burnley postponed over the weekend. I'm just really sorry for the people who had to travel all that way. Um, I think missing that match will give our players a chance to regroup and recover after the atrocity against Murrah in the Conference League. I'm hoping the fact the team didn't have to play has meant that they'll be fresher than Brentford and will come into this match with a better perspective. Brentford took the win against Everton over the weekend, but that was down to a penalty, and it's also not too surprising considering how poorly Everton have been playing. I was pretty scared when the season kicked off. I thought Brentford looked really good at the start of the season, but they've been really unlucky over the past couple of months due to the injuries they've sustained. We beat them 2-0 last time we played them in January in the Cup semi-final, so I'm hoping we can keep that momentum up, and I'm really hoping that Conte has done something to get our team fired up for this one. I think the fact that we're at home and we'll be fresher than Brentford, as well as Conte having had more time with the squad, this should hopefully be a win for us. I don't trust our defence with Romero out, and we're seriously lacking goals. Sonny hasn't been himself lately, but I have a feeling he's going to step up for this one. And I'm hoping he gets the service he needs to make this a 2-1 win for us. Thanks, Jody. That's the exact score I had, 2-1 to Tottenham. I think it will be interesting to see if Brentford bring kind of a physical game into this one against Tottenham. Sort of similar to how they started the season off against Arsenal, where... You know, they were really trying to make um, a physical battle out of it, targeting the center halves. Um, yeah, that that will be interesting to see if they do bring that style into this fixture. Um, the fresh legs for Tottenham, more time for Conte to, you know, embed his philosophy and, and his thoughts into the players. I, I would be interested to see if they did sort of have a maybe not necessarily a training session outside, but maybe indoors and another just a session for him to to impart some more of, of his philosophy to the players whilst they were in Burnley, you know, having the game postponed. But yeah, I'm, I've gone 2-1 as well. And we end the game week off with Man United versus Arsenal. It's a really, really exciting way to end off the game week. Obviously, Man United on the back of that 1-1 draw against Chelsea. I mean, 
in terms of just stylistically, we saw some of the pressing start to, to, to get into their game. And the fact they didn't start Ronaldo, I think, made me think that they, they definitely wanted to press. Um, and then in terms of, you know, just defensively, they had a lot of bodies <laughs> in front of their box, making sure that they were they were going to be very hard to break down for Chelsea. Um the issue, though, was for me, their build-up play then was kind of non-existent. They they were pressed quite well by Chelsea and, and kind of Man United struggled to, to build anything from the back. And then, obviously, they get the goal on the counter, which is kind of the game plan that they went with. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's the exact same game plan here where they just sit back and hope for something on the counter. I, I didn't see anything from a a tactical standpoint from um in terms of attack defensively yes with the pressing and then keeping things you know making sure they've got bodies in in front of their goal to just block any shots or in or cut out all the space but from an attacking standpoint it's basically just hoof it to rashford and hope he sprints away from someone or you know give it to to bernardo or sancho and hope they do something special there wasn't any patterns of play or anything like that it, it was just very very one option you know football hope hit and hope type situation so we'll see if they they bring that same approach against an Arsenal side who will love to keep the ball um and it'll be interesting because it's at Old Trafford where the Man United allow Arsenal to keep that much of the ball and sort of employ the same tactics as they did against Chelsea or if they'll feel you know pressure from the home crowd to kind of get on the ball a bit more which could be dangerous because we saw they didn't handle the press well against Chelsea. We know Arsenal like to press as well. So I, I think I think it could be interesting to see if Arsenal maybe being a team that has been together for a bit longer, have a settled coach for a bit longer, if that plays a factor in that one. And, you know, for that reason, I'm going to go with a 2-1 Arsenal win. Um, I think Man United still get that goal on the break. Um, but... In terms of Arsenal's, um, I, th- I just think they're a more settled side at the moment. They looked impressive against Newcastle last time around. Obviously needed a reaction after that Liverpool game. And they got the reaction. Um, and yeah, hopefully for them, Saka's injury isn't too bad. But they've looked like they've had a settled team for quite a while now. And, and we'll see what Jody thinks of this game. Manchester United v Arsenal. First of all, I'd like to thank Manchester United for the 3-0 thrashing they gave Tottenham Hotspur at the end of October, which allowed us to claim one of the world's greatest coaches in Antonio Conte. Thank you so much. (laughs) All of us Spurs fans are just extremely happy um, about that. So, yeah, thank you. Um, Other than that match, United have looked pretty terrible this season, though. Um, It looks as though Carrick may have stopped the bleed with the win against Villarreal and the draw against Chelsea today, so we'll have to see what happens if Ranjak takes over for this match. They've looked more organised defensively against Chelsea. They were very happy to sit back, and I don't think that's going to work against Arsenal. I can see potential for a penalty in this match, and I'm hoping it's going to be more entertaining to watch. Arsenal are sitting in fifth and they've had a really good run of form other than the thrashing from Liverpool last week. They've just come off a comfortable win against Newcastle and I think they're definitely keen to challenge for that top four position this year. Last time these guys played each other in January, they drew nil all. And Man U haven't had a win against them at home since 2018, I don't think. Um, I think Saka may be injured, so we'll have to see what that means for this match. Um, 
If Arsenal can keep the pressure and keep an organised press against Man U, they should dominate and take the win. As a Spurs fan, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to call an Arsenal win, and I'm going to say 1-0 to Arsenal. 1-0 to Arsenal to end us off there from Jody. Um, yeah, so similar to me in terms of giving Arsenal the win. Uh, yeah, United. It'll be interesting to see as well the, the 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 personnel that they use, whether they run the same team again, the same system, Ronaldo coming off of the bench. Yeah, it will be interesting. I, I, I think it was a mistake bringing him off the bench against Chelsea. It, it kind of messed with their, their plan. Um, but that's the issue that they've created. That's the headache they've created by signing Cristiano Ronaldo. But hey, that's that that's an, an, another podcast all in itself. But guys, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Um, for, you know, from my end, a huge thank you to all of the guests that came on. I, I really do appreciate you guys sending in all of those predictions. Um, and then obviously, guys, go check out all the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and also all of the news that you could wish for, especially in this busy time period. If you need to you know, catch up on who's injured, who's fit, um, who's likely to play in games, how, you know, how teams are shaping up, how they're looking, um, all of that good stuff is there. Of course, there is the daily podcast show with Dave Hendrick, the two for the podcast. Um, and then finally, also check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Follow this show on the Twitter page at ATADPredictable. Uh, follow at EPL Index on Twitter as well. Subscribe to the EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast provider. Give us five stars. Write some positive comments if you guys are so inclined. That stuff goes a long, long way uh, to helping us out. So I do thank you for all of those that have done it and, and continue to do so. Um, go sign up for the free season predictions competition. As I mentioned earlier, EPLindex.com stroke predictions and you stand a chance to win. All you have to do is get your game week predictions in every single week at EPLindex.com stroke predictions. Uh, if you top the leaderboard come the end of the season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index shop um, as well as £300 cash prize which is really, really awesome. And a huge shout out to our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield, for hooking us up with that one. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it. I've been Tadiocha Nakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. Huge thank you to all of our guests who stopped by in this game week. That was Jake Jackman. He's at Jake Jackman with two N's at the end on Twitter. Jody McKenna, she's at Spursy141. Executive producer Guy Drinkles at Guy Drinkle. Mitch Letizia, he's at MitchLT76. All of these are on Twitter. And then, guys, do check out Dave Hendrick um, on the Two Footer Podcast, as I mentioned before. And remember, Chisinga Perry. Taken away by Wiggs. Chino Oh, it's glorious! And it's Ward Prowse. He strikes it! Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant! The Pogba! Oh, what a finish! Came out to him. Menez! Pick that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane! Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Sports Social Podcast Network.